From the editors of Cannabis Business Times and the team at Quest, this is How to Win a Cannabis Cultivation License, a new limited series that focuses on this integral process, the starting line for all of us in the industry. My name is Eric Sandy, and I'm the digital editor of Cannabis Business Times. We're pleased to bring you an in-depth look at the licensing process in the cannabis industry, over 10 episodes, as things stand in 2021. In the inaugural issue of Cannabis Business Times in late 2016, we ran a feature titled 11 Tips for Winning a Cannabis Cultivation License. Since then, the article has been viewed more than 150,000 times. The lessons are fundamental to the shape of this emerging industry, and the complexity of the licensing landscape has only grown more nuanced and pointed. With that in mind, we wanted to regroup and dig a little deeper into what the cultivation license application looks like and how businesses have turned that pile of paperwork into a successful run in their corner of the marketplace. In this series, we'll hear from cultivation businesses across the U.S., and we'll pick apart some of the most important topics in this story. The application, of course, but also the relationship with state regulators, the local community, the executive team, the budget, the real estate market, and much more. We hope that you'll enjoy this series as a footprint of what these early years in legal cannabis have looked like and as a resource for your own plans in the future. To begin, we're going to start at a pivotal moment in the industry, when tightly regulated medical cannabis markets were surfacing in the U.S., and when companies were earnestly looking to expand their footprints with what they'd learned so far in the earlier years of the business. Pennsylvania, 2017. At the time, it was the most competitive application process in the country. There was a 179 applications that came in, which is nothing these days, but it was crazy at the time. And uh, we were one of 12 growers selected, so we felt like that was a huge win. That's Peter Marcus, communications director for Terrapin, a multi-state operator based in Colorado. He handles the company's corporate social responsibility policies, another component that we'll be revisiting throughout this series, and he's been on the front lines of Terrapin's expansion plans through licensing in recent years. As things stand today, in early 2021, Terrapin holds licenses in Colorado, and that would be six retail stores, four grows, and one lab, Pennsylvania, one wholesale cultivation license, Michigan, wholesale cultivation and a lab, Missouri, two retail stores and a grow, and pending applications in Arizona and New Jersey's medical cannabis market. Pennsylvania was indicative of the strategy required to get from Terrapin's humble beginnings to its multi-state operations today, all while remaining an independently owned business. We are in Clinton County, Pennsylvania, you know, central part of the state. You know, a few years ago, the concept of bringing marijuana to this town was uh, crazy. And... Um, we did it. We sat down with every single person, essentially, who was a leader in that town. We sat down with the head of the economic partnership out there, their chamber, the Clinton County Economic Partnership, Mike Flanagan, great guy. Um, we sat down with local law enforcement. We sat down with the state senators, the state reps. You know, we sat down with nonprofit communities. We sat down with the, it's a huge veteran population in this area. We sat down with the VFW leaders, the veteran leaders, you know, and, you know, the conversation started in like 2016 or early 2017 with, um, you know, like, no, you are not bringing marijuana into our town. This is an important part of the story, the origin, 
The introductions between the prospective business, in this case Terrapin, and the local stakeholders who might have a thing or two to say about cannabis. This industry requires buy-in from a considerable range of interests, and while the certain stigma around the plant very much remains a hurdle in parts of the U.S., popular opinion is swaying heavily in favor of the industry. Now, it's simply a matter of explaining who you are and what you want to do. We're going to hire all locally. We're talking about multi-million dollar building um, construction, all local contractors. You know, we're talking um, in a few years, the program will get bigger. More patients will come online. We'll need to do an expansion. Um, in the last six months, Terrapin just put another $6 million into our Pennsylvania facility and hired another 30 workers. We'll be at over 100 workers there. Um, and so we started talking to folks in Clinton County, Pennsylvania early on about what a medical cannabis operation looks like and what the economic impact is and the community impact is from that. This is part of the narrative that eventually lands in a prospective cannabis business's license application. The story about who you are and what you want to do. And that means presenting a clear illustration of what the local impact of this new business is going to be. It's a different process for every business and every community, but what Terrapin set out to do in Clinton County, Pennsylvania wasn't altogether different, at least on paper, than what the company had been doing for years in Colorado. If anything, the team at Terrapin, which includes owner and chief executive Chris Woods, was more dialed in by the time they got around to 2017 in Pennsylvania. And since then, they've learned more. Each license application is a learning opportunity. But getting back to that point of what this looks like on paper, Terrapin submitted its application in early 2017. It was 966 pages, a deep and complex document that detailed the ownership and corporate vision of this company interested in setting up shop in a limited license landscape. This goes back to one of the fundamental tips we've provided at Cannabis Business Times to those looking to get into the space. Understand the features that make your application stand out. In our 2016 article, Jay Zarkowski, a founding partner at Canna Advisors, told us, quote, Passion for the industry is not enough to win a license. It is getting a lot more competitive. The ultimate bellwether is the amount of effort we need to put in to win. In addition to winning application narratives, the team needs to be well-rounded and qualified. Proper facilities need to be designed that manufacture great products, and good programs that benefit the community need to be put in place. Some of the top indicators are a great team, well-rounded, showing expertise in finance, facilities management, controlled environment horticulture, manufacturing, retail operations, healthcare and security, to name a few, strong local support. This includes a strong relationship with the local community, and excellent application narratives and financial modeling. Detail how you intend to build, run, and maintain your business, including strong financial governance. End quote. In Terrapin's case, looking ahead to new startups in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Missouri, and elsewhere, the team taps its own management and experts right away. Terrapin has an in-house facilities construction department, while using local contractors and consultants, as well as a full external affairs department with compliance, communications, and government affairs all built in. This might involve promotions and transfers from existing team members, cultivating homegrown talent within Terrapin, but on the ground in these new markets, hiring staff is a local endeavor. The company uses job fairs to get to know the local workforce. 
Well, flash forward um, to, uh, you know, when we finally uh, got open and in 2018 and um, started, you know, cultivating, we had a ribbon cutting, everyone from the community was there, local media was there, you know, um, there was the chamber has their local annual big dinner, we were the guest of honor at their dinner right before we opened, you know, huge room of Clinton County folks, you know, applauding how responsible we took it, you know, how much attention we put into the community, that we weren't just going to be like a bunch of kids growing dope, you know, and that we were going to actually like create jobs and take care of the community. And I'm convinced that when the state of Pennsylvania, when the Commonwealth saw that um, application and saw the buy-in from the local community and all the outreach we did, not to mention bringing um, economic development to a community, a county that's been woefully left behind. Um, we're talking an industrial factory community that kind of went away when the railroads went away. Um, so to be able to bring this life, breathe this life into this community, that went a long way for us in Pennsylvania. If you're interested in learning more about the licensing process and you're listening to this series as it's released, Join us at Cannabis Conference 2021 in Las Vegas. The show runs from August 24th to the 26th, and an all-access pass gets you into our Create a Winning License Application session. Make your application stand out from the crowd with takeaways from this can't-miss all-access session for any new or expanding business. Visit CannabisConference.com for more information. Guesswork isn't good enough when it comes to your plant's environment. Take total control with Quest, the trusted climate control partner since 2006. You can download Quest's complimentary Grow Room HVAC book, Getting Grow Rooms Right, at questclimate.com book. This is the industry's number one guide to Grow Room HVAC. The pages are packed with hardcore information that every grower needs to understand if they want real success in creating optimal growing conditions to consistently provide maximum quality and yield. Your yields will thank you. Get your copy today at questclimate.com slash book. A similar process happened in Missouri, where Terrapin secured two retail licenses and a cultivation license in one of the U.S.'s newer medical cannabis markets. The company's operations will be based out of the Kansas City area. The company plans to have its operations up and running by late summer or early fall of this year, part of a medical cannabis market that includes 60 cultivation facilities, 192 dispensaries, 86 manufacturing facilities, and 10 testing labs. On the other side of Missouri, in St. Louis, we spoke with Mitch Myers, the CEO of Leaf Medical, which operates the Since brand, and which secured 10 licenses in the state. Mitch comes from the brand marketing industry, Anheuser-Busch and other companies, including her own agency, but she also secured a medical cannabis retail license across the border in Illinois specifically in Chicago. The training ground proved real. As you know, these applications are very expensive. Not for the faint of heart. Better have the right legal team and writers on board or you're not, you know, I call that the last mile. You're not going to get there. If you do, it's a fluke. With the right team on board in Illinois, it wasn't a fluke. 
but it took Missouri's early CBD-only medical program to provide the experience she would need on the cultivation side of things. The state issued two licenses for growers in that market, to grow for CBD extraction specifically and to develop products for patients with intractable epilepsy, and Mitch earned one of them. The 2018 Farm Bill saw her pick up more mainstream CBD know-how in the hemp market, and before long, the voters of the Show Me State decided to approve a medical cannabis program. Mitch was armed with the experience that she would need to go up against a competitive process in a limited license market. You know, I had enough seed capital to kind of get things done. What you have to do is obviously figure out where do you want to make application, where do you want to apply and operate, um, find that real estate, and obviously the most popular real estate was sought after by everyone. Um, sometimes I would be looking at a building that there's been six people there the same day already looking at it from the West Coast and Colorado and Michigan. Our team is the operators, and we all live in St. Louis, so we decided to make application for everything, you know, in a fairly tight geographic area so that we could keep our eyes on all of the facilities. Um, and we were very fortunate to win in all those locations. And now I do see other people struggling because they are far flung and trying to get things executed in, you know, far out markets. So I'm happy we did what we did. We did not anticipate we would get this many licenses. It's a game of constantly recalibrating expectations and goals. Mitch and the Sense team were aiming high, but shooting for just one cultivation license one manufacturing license, and one retail license, the foundation of a vertically integrated business in Missouri. They got more than that, and they set about a plan to coordinate the puzzle pieces for the greatest opportunity to grow the business over time. As of this podcast date, in early 2021, Sense has two of its cultivation facilities up and running and growing cannabis plants. A third facility in Jonesburg, Missouri, is a ground-up build-out. It's about an hour west of St. Louis. The Jonesburg facility is key, though, because not only is planting scheduled to begin in April 2021, but the company left itself some room to scale up. In Missouri, cultivation companies are constitutionally capped at 30,000 square feet of canopy space per facility. Since his lakefront facility, which came online in the CBD days, is the highest cost per square foot, but the history of the building allowed the company to move fast once the licenses were secured. They couldn't afford to abandon the real estate. Since his downtown facility is in a modified warehouse with space to scale up to that 30,000 square feet. But for the third license, which Sins hadn't entirely thought was in the cards, the company wanted land. Mitch and her team wanted a place to build out a low-cost operation, one that could expand to meet future market shift. Initially, with 60 cultivation licenses having that capacity, we did not want to build it all out at the beginning because we thought if all 60 licenses get open, we will oversupply the market, and we didn't want to do that. Now looking at what's happened in the market and a handful of cultivators operational, there's just not enough supply for the dispensaries that are open and the others that are coming in the next few months. So we are looking at uh, we're bringing on more capital right now to double our capacity in all three of those cultivation facilities. 
and that's quicker than, you know, we had looked at that years two, three, and four. Whether in Terrapin's case, or Sense's case, or your case, there's always the future to account for. Time moves quickly in this business, but it pays to plan ahead. Even in these early days of Missouri's medical cannabis market, things are moving faster than anticipated by the SINS team. So one other question that might help us frame the discussion in this series is, how far out do you need to convey a vision for your business? How deeply will regulators probe your business model for an unknown future? So our business plan was important to them in the first two years. Like, how many people are we going to employ? You know, what is your... Um, what is your minority and local market inclusion? All that kind of stuff. They are clueless about what's going to happen with cannabis long term. And, and they are just trying to, you know, stay above water every day managing the 373 licensees. The licensing process is, at its core, a relationship. Not only are prospective entrepreneurs or expanding multi-state operators trying to dial in their own team, but the company itself must be aware of its own interactions with state and local regulators. To one degree or another, we're all figuring this out as it's happening. The fully state-legal adult-use cannabis market is still a relatively novel concept in the grand scheme of things. Colorado's first legal adult-use cannabis sale happened in January 2014, just seven years before this podcast episode was recorded and delivered to you. A lot has been learned, and new entrants find their way into the space every day, landing on the same learning curve that other growers, other business executives, and other regulators have had to navigate before them. It's stories like that, though, the origin behind multi-state expansion in Terrapin's case, and the local pool of new market cannabis experience in Sense's case, that we are interested in exploring during this limited series. It's 2021. What does it mean to win a cannabis cultivation license? Are these lessons easily transferable from one company to the next? And how about barriers to entry in any cannabis market? Capital raises, legal acumen, pure private business competition in a tightly regulated environment? Is this process becoming more onerous for the prospective entrepreneur over time? We are going to release episodes over the next nine weeks, every Friday, introducing you to characters around the business who found their way through the tangled licensing process and who have plenty of advice for anyone interested in following along. In the meantime, though, we are all ears at Cannabis Business Times. Is there something you want to hear in this podcast or in future series? Is there a story that you think sheds some serious light on the licensing landscape in the U.S.? Send me an email anytime. I'm at esandy at gie.net. GIE is our publishing company. Or reach out on Twitter at CBTMag. We're here to serve the market. My name is Eric Sandy. I'm the digital editor of Cannabis Business Times. Alexander Garrett is our sound editor. And this series is brought to you by Quest. <laughs>